Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start, please note that this episode contains content about mental health with brief mentions of suicide, which may be triggering for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. KCBS Radio, original podcasts. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Mallory Somera, and this is Bay Current. Conversations around mental health and mental wellness are not easy, but talk saves lives. So all this week, we're featuring conversations and stories that highlight mental health, wellness, and suicide prevention as a part of Odyssey's annual I'm Listening special. Here at KCBS Radio, we're covering everything from the potential for art therapy and openness in mental health discussions being some antidotes for record levels of depression to what's being done to foster mental wellness in athletes. In this episode, KCBS Radio reporter Mary Hughes tells us about the state of mental health in our aging LGBTQ plus communities and what's being done to make sure they don't feel alone. But as KCBS's Mary Hughes tells us, there are those in the Bay Area queer community who are making sure that no LGBTQ plus elder is left behind. And currently I am painting. You see the painting behind me? Yes, I do. That is one of my... Painting is a new passion for Robin Barber. (laughs) And I'm I'm working on that one there. Oh, wow. He and his partner, Eddie Green, have had a lot of hobbies and worn a lot of hats over their 60-some years. Robin's been a botanist and has worked in IT. Eddie was once a TV performer with life-size puppets, all divas in sparkling gowns and with fabulous hair. They met on a hiking trip in the desert 23 years ago, with Eddie deciding right then and there that Robin was who he wanted to spend the rest of his life with. But when they decided to leave San Diego for Fremont, they knew that one of the challenges would be finding friendships and community in a new city. It's really, really difficult to get... Mary put quite a bit of work into our I'm Listening series. Not only did she produce an hour of our Wednesday night two-hour special for KCBS Radio, you can also hear her stories on air and on the Odyssey app all day today and for KCBS Radio's In-Depth on Sunday. You have just come off of a week of working on some pretty big pieces for I'm Listening. Um, what what a great feat. You must be, it must feel good to get to Friday. <laughs> it really does. You know, um, on, a, on a technical side, obviously it's a lot to coordinate and put together. But um, the conversations that I got to have with people um, make it, 
so that, you know, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're, you're sort of diving into a, a topic that you want to talk about a lot, you know, and you want people to hear more about and to, to be able to share their stories. And it's, you know, it's kind of an honor to be able to be a part of conversations like that. Absolutely. And it was such an important conversation. I mean, you have a couple of different pieces that you worked on. Um, You had your one hour special on Wednesday night during the live I'm listening special. And then you had today's piece about the aging LGBTQ plus community, which is so important. Um, I mean, everywhere and especially thinking about how much community has been found here in the Bay Area with the LGBTQ plus community and how important it is to keep that intact. I guess let's start with the latter. Um, you know, what what was your thinking in doing this piece? You know, what kind of uh, what sprouted this idea and and how did you end up with the angle that you ended up with? Um, it was kind of a twofold sort of thing for me. Uh, I, I myself am part of the queer community and, um, I I don't know if I would give myself elder status yet, but you know, we're all going to end up there eventually. But, um, (laughs) but I, I think a lot about history when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community and, you know, what are we doing to preserve that? What are we doing to honor it? That kind of thing. So that's always sort of in the back of my mind um, when I think about topics and conversations and things going on in the queer community. And then I saw uh, a piece months ago um, locally where they were talking about the fact that there are spaces out there for the older members of the LGBTQ plus community for them to find connection and how good that is for them kind of all the way around, but especially for their mental health and their ability to avoid isolation, which is, you know, it's not good for anyone to be isolated, to be removed from friends or family or just a sense of connection but it can be especially difficult when you're an older person and doubly so if you're in a, a group of people that tends to be marginalized in some way or forgotten or not given quite the same attention that perhaps the younger side of things get. And so those thoughts kind of came together and I wanted to talk with someone who was in the, in that, in the forefront of giving that space to people and what that meant and why they were doing it. So that was kind of the the genesis of all that. I mean, especially if you think of this aging demographic, I mean, they're not just, I mean, maybe they are, but I know that myself as I get older, as a sort of mid-range, mid-30s millennial, um, I am not going out to the bars every night to socialize. I wouldn't necessarily find myself making new friends unless it was like networking through work or what have you. And so you kind of remove maybe perhaps some of those like adolescent um, factors. And I mean, getting out there to make friends anyway and meet strangers is terrifying. So you add on that layer. And I'm sure, I mean, for the LGBTQ plus and queer communities, I mean, witnessing the horrific and the traumatic 
uh, effects of having queer friends in the 80s um, with AIDS and losing them so rapidly. Um, did any of the folks that you spoke with or have any of the folks that you've spoken with over the years express that as perhaps something that has made them a little bit more, uh, I guess, hesitant to make new friends or a little bit less social? It was it was kind of a... Um... I would say to, to a certain degree, kind of a general sort of, um, indication that because of what, uh, older people in, in the queer community have lived through and gone through and the sort of prejudice and discrimination and trauma that's there, once those touchstones of people perhaps pass away or maybe certain connections were not there to begin with, it can really make it difficult to want to step back out there or to feel that there is somewhere where you can find people to to build community with or find friendship with or or any kind of connection. So I think there's that hesitation um, is what I was gathering that can happen for older LGBTQ plus people. Uh, I did have the opportunity to speak um, with a, a couple and one of the ways that they were finding community and coming together was with a group that they formed uh, for people living with HIV called Positive Living. And I just I thought, what a great way to kind of bridge, a, you know, a very particular gap, but a much needed space to be created in, in the queer community, because it's not like HIV and AIDS is gone um, it's not like it's over. And for someone, you know, who who might need that support, I just I, I love that. I love that the queer community, as is often the case, is making a place for each other and for themselves. I had four guests for the the I'm Listening Hour. Um, Kim Artman uh, associated with uh, the coming out of or out of the darkness community walks. Uh, that's part of suicide prevention and erasing stigma around suicide. I spoke with Thomas Kingery. Um, he is associated with Avenida's Rainbow Collective, and that's uh, for the LGBTQ plus elders. Uh, in our world and, and giving them space and community and places to come together. Uh, I spoke with Eleanor Sosa Pace. She works with Momentum for Health. There's a new adult residential treatment center, uh, that had its opening earlier this year in Santa Clara County. And it's this transitional space, uh, for people who've had, um, stronger mental health needs and are now ready to, to step back into the world and step back into their lives. And then I, I spoke with Chuck Angolia, who uh, is with the National Council for Mental Wellbeing. And we were sort of touching base on on the 988 number and where we are, you know, a little over a year uh, with it being implemented and the importance there. So it, it was a it was a big, broad conversation in a lot of ways, covering a lot of ground, but um, but definitely uh, well worth it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And those are all really important resources to have. Um, what was the sort of big overarching takeaway or what was something that you took away from making these pieces this week and sort of delving into that, um, delving even further into that conversation about mental health and suicide prevention? I think the biggest takeaway really is is that it's important that everyone knows and has a place in conversations about mental health, that this is something that doesn't just affect certain people of certain ages or certain races. Uh, it is something that is a part of all of our lives. And in order to find support, in order to find help, uh, in order to find healing, there has to be a way so that everyone knows that they can have those conversations, that they can say those things to someone and they're being heard and listened to. Um, I think that's, you know, we talk a lot about stigma and, and what it means to, to remove that. And I think that's kind of the first step is ensuring that everyone can find somewhere where they are being listened to. And I think that was the biggest takeaway was that there are places, there are people, there are spaces for people to be able to have those conversations and to put those burdens down uh, in some way or some fashion and, and how vital that is. Yeah, it makes a big difference just being heard and having your feelings validated. Um, it'll be interesting to see... Um, you know, a conversation that I've seen come up a lot, especially in social media, is the fact that, you know, these lifelines talking about um, mental health and suicide, um, having these conversations is super important. And I think as we move forward, um, how important it will be for those people in power or people who have the... Um, the means to make things go. And as we like move into voting season again, how much of suicide prevention and mental health care is um, housing, food security, um, you know, just basic things, basic needs that people have um, that they're not getting health care. Um, so I'm hoping that through all of these conversations, like the right people are listening to hear that, you know, healthcare, a roof over your head and food security is is just as much suicide prevention and mental health as as therapy and, and all of the things that we're embracing now, you know? It's well, it's all interconnected, right? You know, if you if you're not feeling secure in any aspect of your life, that ends up taking a toll on you one way or the other. And, and then that domino effect, um, can upend your life in ways that, that you cannot predict. And you have to lift up the whole person. It can't just be bits and pieces. If you missed our two hour I'm listening special on Wednesday night, fret not. 
head to imlistening.org. If you or anyone you know is struggling with depression or anxiety, know that someone is always there. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-800-273-8255. Or in crisis, text TALK, T-A-L-K, to 741741. Bay Current is a production of KCBS Radio. I'm Mallory Somera. Special thanks to KCBS Radio's Mary Hughes. For more Bay Area stories, subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 